Hi, welcome to Go Tell Mom. I'm Diana Kelly, and I've been momming for several decades, including tending my fur babies, kids I gave birth to, kids I mentored as a broadcaster and college instructor, my kids' friends, and my friends. I'm not a psychologist or doctor, but I do know how to dig up advice from those who are, and that's what I'll share with you. If you have something to share with me, remark, comment, question, please comment below. When we were kids, my parents made a point of having family time together. Usually it was dinner with some debates encouraged, topic thrown out by mom or dad. It made us appreciate each other's intelligence, even while insisting the other sibling was wrong in their argument. We also played board games a lot. We'd have massive Monopoly sessions, which grew kind of heated at times. But we also liked Candyland, Shoots and Ladders, and Yahtzee. Dad particularly liked us to play Yahtzee to polish our math skills. He'd have us analyze our chances and add up our scores while mom popped popcorn for us all. When I think about my favorite family times, those would rank close to the top. I realize now that my parents were entertaining us at a bargain rate, especially since my grandparents sent us half the games in the collection. But you don't have to spend a lot of money to keep your kids entertained. Leo Babauta from zenhabits.net suggests a few cool things that will log great memories for the kids, like painting or drawing together. My dad was a very talented artist before he decided to use that side of the brain for engineering. He had a bunch of sketch pads and would encourage us to make pictures of whatever we wanted, whatever we saw. Our house was surrounded by trees, so I drew trees. My sister would draw cats. She wanted a cat. My brother would draw Batman because that's what we'd watch on TV. None of us were budding Picassos, but hey, it kept us from fighting with each other on a rainy Saturday. If you're not artistic with a pencil or brush, maybe you can get the kids creative by shooting a video and showing them how to edit it. Let's face it, if you have animals, you have a built-in talent bank waiting to show off their tricks. Leo also suggests creating a fort in your living room. We thought we were master architects building our own fortress of solitude or Riddler's lair out of blankets stretched across overturned chairs. It was fun to act out stories to go along with the setting. In fact, I used to write down some of the dialogue from my favorite TV shows and have kids at school act them out during recess while it prevented them from dragging me onto a dodgeball court. Leo suggests writing stories together as a family. It could be fun to swap off lines or characters while you're doing it. He also suggests having a sunset picnic or sunrise breakfast. We did that when we made a cross-country trip to see my grandparents. It was probably the only thing I liked about being on the road for that long. Dad always wanted to get an early start, so we'd beat commuter traffic. But watching the sunrise while munching on a donut was nice. I grew up in New Hampshire, so we had big hills and mountains nearby. Some Saturdays, my folks would pack us up in the car and trek off to Mount Monadnock, and we'd go for a hike. MyKidsTime.com suggests turning your walk into an adventure with a free nature scavenger hunt list. If your kids need a little incentive, there's nothing like competition. If you want to keep them active indoors or out of doors, you can create a fun obstacle course for another family-friendly competition. I can tell you from experience, it's less dangerous than a game of Twister. My brother had very pointy elbows when he was a kid. Another great idea from my kids' time is creating a time capsule. Think about what you'd want people to remember about your family and find something you have that reminds you of it. Maybe a bow from a favorite birthday present or a bottle cap from a beverage you drank at a winning baseball game. You may never dig it up, but the kids will remember creating it. As we head towards vacation time, a lot of us are sticking closer to home. And let's face it, vacationing in the U.S. can be far from cheap. But U.S. News & World Report has a few ideas for keeping costs down. First on the list, hitting a national park. Gatlinburg, Branson, Acadia, they're all beautiful places to take kids and explore. 
You can also look for a state park. Where I used to live in Tennessee, we were surrounded by three state parks. Sad thing is, many of the locals had never been to one. Just an hour north from Nashville is Kentucky's cave country. FamilyVacationist.com says there's no fee to enter Mammoth Cave National Park, and above-ground activities, nature walks and hikes, are free as well. You need a ticket for a scheduled tour to enter the cave itself, and it's recommended that you buy your tickets ahead of time, as they will sell out. Cave tour prices are very inexpensive. They range from 11 bucks to 23 bucks, and take anywhere from one to three hours to complete. One suggestion from me, read the Huckleberry Finn story after the tour. When you take kids on a trip, even a day trip, it's wise to plan. My mom would bribe us to behave during car rides with raisins, Cheez-Its, mini pretzels, and goldfish. The cheese goldfish kind, not real goldfish. GatheredAgain.com suggests getting the kids in on the planning. After all, it's their day. Then figure out the costs. Actually, I'd recommend figuring out what you can reasonably spend and then let the kids in on the planning. They also recommend strongly that you set up rules for the trip and make everyone understand the need for them. That's one thing you as leader of the pack need to do to make your kids' adventure fun. After all, it's not worth the time if they're too irritated or irritating to have fun. And honestly, isn't time worth more than saving money? Now joining me is a fellow mom, friend, and colleague, Dr. Sherry Waltz, who, among other things, teaches speech at Volunteer State Community College. Sherry, I'm really excited about this particular one because doing things for free or for lesser price is something that every parent is looking for. I mean, I I know when I was a parent of younger children, of course, they're both in their 20s now, but... <laughs> But I mean, when they were little, we were always looking for things to do with them and things that weren't super expensive because we do like one big vacation each year. But kids are always needing entertainment. And while I think it is kind of unfair for parents to be the de facto entertainment directors, you know, they should learn how to entertain themselves. We're in that position most of the time. Oh, yes, definitely. So certainly and maybe slightly on a gender role in the sense that being the mom, I I certainly that was more defaulted to me and also because of my career because I have summers off so I was home with my children during the summer and my husband was not and he was at work so I think that that definitely fell to me in our family maybe more so just because of my job yeah well with mine I was working year-round except for we would always make sure wherever we went that we would be able to get at least two weeks vacation so that we could do at least one summer vacation with the kids and something during winter break with them. But then you're looking for stuff to entertain them with. So one of them would be something really super that we'd plan, you know, all the bells and whistles. And the other one was like, oh, heck, what do we do now? (laughs) You know, and you're thinking and you're trying to figure out, okay, do we take them for a hike? Do we go for a drive? You know, that kind of thing. And I actually found that going to nature places seemed to click with them or resonate with them a lot. I mean, how about you? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Kids love the outdoors. They love animals. So we certainly did a lot of any of the type of nature walks or places. You know, I'm trying to think there's a couple of places in Knoxville that we've been to a lot. But anytime we would travel, we did a lot of traveling by car, a lot of road trips. And we definitely would 
either stop at any of the children's science museums if we had a pass at the time. So a lot of times if you had a pass locally, then you got in free in other science museums. So it kind of just depended on, you know, where we had our money tied up in at that time. But so if we already had a pass, then we would always try to do science museums other places. We kind of went for us, we would do a pass one year and then we wouldn't do it the next year. And then we would do it the year after because it got a little old for the kids to do it all the time. So that was kind of the way that we would do it. If we didn't have a science pass, then we were doing a lot of either nature walks or things like that. Actually, one of the best things that I found to do that was really cheap and kind of interesting and the student and my kids felt it was really interesting was we went to a lot of college campuses. So when we would travel and probably again, just because of my career and what I would do, but we would go to college campuses and we would, um, whenever we were traveling, we would stop off and see what college was there because college towns are usually kind of fun. There's usually fun places to eat. There's usually some type of thing to do. And a lot of times those college towns have sporting events or other things that are associated with the college, you know? And so we found a lot of really cheap things to do. Almost all colleges have some type of museum on campus. And we were able to do a lot of stuff um, visiting colleges from, you know, we've we've been to University of Pennsylvania. We've been to several colleges in Indiana Mm -hmm. and in just in Oklahoma, like when we're driving through, we would map out stopping at a campus because um, they always had neat, almost always free or very low cost. Yeah. And, and that's a that's a big thing. I know when I lived in Cookville, we would take the kids to TTU for the basketball games, or yeah. the football games. And the tickets were cheap, if not free, depending on whether or not we got tickets through the radio station or right. something. And people forget that, too. Oh, that's another thing. You know, you can always win stuff on on the radio that you can take your kids to so definitely yeah yeah. i mean there's places there's so many places to find free and cheap things i think it was easier when my kids were really little because i think when they were really little there is a lot of opportunity for small maybe from three to five seven type of age when they got to the middle school it was harder to find things that they would be interested in yeah that were free or low cost so that was definitely more of a challenge that's really when we started going to colleges and just driving around especially because i came from california and when you live in california it's it's great but everything is so far away it yeah. takes so long to get out of the state to go north or south so now that I live in Tennessee, you know, you have, you have what, nine states that surround us. Yeah. I mean, we would go and definitely visit all of those states. And, you know, it's a four hour drive and you're in a whole nother place. Seriously. I mean, you're, you're so close to Georgia and yep. there's Callaway Gardens down south of Atlanta. And it's beautiful and it's really inexpensive to go visit. And you see all these gardens. You could just spend the day walking around. And we did. And there's actually a butterfly pavilion there. That oh, had, we love yeah. those. Oh, yeah, it was great. We we take the kids there and, you know, they each get butterflies landing on their shoulders. <laughs> did and- you ever spend any time in St. Louis? We went through there once. I haven't been there other than driving through. Okay, because they do all of their museums are free. You know, really? Everything in St. Louis is free except for one. There's one museum that you have to pay for, but all of their museums are free. And we would go up there often um, from us. I think it's like a four or six hour drive. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. how far it is, but we would go up there often and go to those museums. Again, yeah. we would just, it's amazing when you start looking for things, how many items you can find that are 
are really inexpensive. Yeah. And, and you, if you make it into something, so like we would always, I would always pack a lunch because again, yeah. I wasn't spending a lot of money. So we yeah. would have a, we would pack a lunch and we would picnic somewhere, we which again that. is why I liked college campuses because there were places that you could park and you could eat at. But um, sometimes we would be eating at a rest stop. I mean, that would, that would happen too, but we would definitely pack our own lunch and then we would go somewhere. I would always try to find something culturally significant. So especially when we would go to different states, I would always try to find whatever was that for that state, you know, so right. like we went to like Atlanta, we went to the world of Coke because that's what, yes. it happens in, you know, yes. and that's, I mean, although that's, that's a little, but that's a little expensive. That's pricey. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you but know. it's still fun. And they've got almost little pocket parks around there that you can go to where you're not spending money, yes. you know, and that's what we discovered when we were down there. And my sister lives up in Boston or a Boston suburb. We go visit her and we go on the Freedom Trail, which was free. I mean, you could get a tour with it, but you can walk it yourself. And honestly, there are enough prints and publications that you could figure out where the different spots were and they'd have them marked. So you'd almost take your own tour that way. And it was free. And the kids loved it. They thought it was great. And we go to Cambridge and again, going to a college campus, we went to Harvard, just kind of walked around and um, neither of them were inspired to apply there. But, you know, what can I say? I don't know if I necessarily took the kids because I wanted them to go to college. I certainly am glad that they did. Right. But, I, but it was just um, probably because that's my go-to just being in the college campuses. But there was always something really free, very inexpensive, and there's always stuff to do. Um, we love plays. I think I mentioned that on one of the podcasts yeah. before, but we would, we spend a lot of time going to college and high school plays. Yeah. Um, so not even the schools that my kids went to, but like um, any high school puts on a play, they're usually around $5 tickets, Yeah. not expensive. Um, and, you know, to take a family of four out was not, was not that expensive to do. And when the, when the kids were even smaller and our money was even tighter, I would do theme weeks at home, especially during the summer when they were home all week. So we would do a theme and we would do something, let's say Mexico, and we would learn about Mexico. We would do some reading. We would watch some shows. We we would cook some Mexican food. We would do like a whole thing that week we would be doing Mexico. Then we would pick another country, another week. And then we would, and we would do that and try to incorporate it in the things that I was already doing. Like I was already going to buy food. So, right. you know, and, and so to find a new recipe that we would be able to explore together and we were home that worked out really well. And and then a lot of the stuff was just free online yeah, uh, worksheets and coloring pages. Again, when the kids were really little and there was always something to look on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. And now you can get recipes online, you know, which I love, but they weren't available when my kids were little. (laughs) That would have been been so much fun to do something like that. Or or you could learn how to do um, a salsa or, you know, like the dance. (laughs) Something like that would be really, really cool to be able to do that with the kids. Yes. The the fun part of the culture. Exactly. Yeah. And it was just to entertain them and to keep them interested in things. We used to do a lot of festivals, but over the years, the festivals started getting really pricey. So I'm sure that there are still probably some that are inexpensive, but I think that we kind of took them off of our rotation because it got to be around 15 to $20 per person. And when it's a family of four, that just got to be a lot. So we, we kind of took festivals off, but back when the kids were very young and the prices were much cheaper, we would be able to go to a festival and, and we would always decide, I think the hardest thing 
when we were strapped for money was having really honest conversations with my children about what we were doing when we were there. So like when we would go to a festival, we would decide as a family, do we want to eat at that festival or do you want to purchase something so that you have, you know, a a, a take home, you know, gifty type thing, you know, a souvenir because we didn't have enough money to do both. And so we would, and we would have these conversations. I know for my husband, he came from a family that he didn't talk about money a lot. Um, I came from a family that we did. And so for me, I was very comfortable with these conversations. He struggled with it a little bit because he felt like I was burdening them with conversations that small children shouldn't need to know about. But I took it as I think we all need to learn what our budget is. Yeah. And we all need to make choices. And you're giving your kids choices when you do something like that. They can choose, do they want to do this or do they want to do that? It's not like, well, we have to do this. And no, you can't have that. It's like you made the choice. You made the decision. So, And then we would talk about it. And sometimes, of course, they were kids. So sometimes there'd be tears or there'd be things that would happen. You know, but we would then talk about the decision and what we were doing. One thing that really helped us a lot of times, because my kids were very much into souvenirs. So like I said, we packed a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to do stuff. I mean, that was... Yeah. Very common, but um, they always like souvenirs. But we started doing those pennies. You know how they flatten the pennies? If, yes. You know, you know those those things. Yeah, that they do. yeah. And we have um, penny books. I have books and books of pennies, and that that turned into be like almost the souvenir that we got every single place that we went. And then sometimes my children would use some of their own money from birthdays or Christmas or whatever and and buy souvenirs. But when the kids were little, they wanted souvenirs. And as they got older, they didn't want the souvenirs as much and they would have preferred to eat. And that was like, so then, but I still wanted them to have some memento of where we went. And so we started doing the pennies. And I think each kid has close to, I don't would say a hundred pennies at each um, places that we've been. Um, that's always been kind of the the souvenir that we picked up. That's so cool and very traditional. I mean, that's really kind of cool. Yeah. I I don't know. I just tried to find ways to make it fun. I didn't want the conversation to be, we can't do this because we don't have money versus what is our choices? Like, so these are the things that we're going to choose to do. And we would talk about what those are, like, especially over summer, I would have a summer budget and we'd have to say, okay, so if you want to go, to wherever the world of Coke, well, then that means then we'll have to not do something these weeks. So what could we do instead? So we would coordinate going to friends' houses and going swimming because we didn't have a pool or doing some nature walks. So we would yeah. we would talk about it. Like these are our choices and we're choosing to do this, but that means we also mean we have to choose to do less on other weeks. Right. And I think I think it taught the kids some very valuable lessons about money and about making choices. Yeah. One of the coolest things I picked up when I was doing some research on this, when we were doing like nature walks or something like that to to do like a scavenger hunt, looking for things on the nature walk. I think that's just huge. And that way the kids are learning about nature, but they're also competing with each other, which I don't know about your kids, but my kids are highly competitive when it comes to each other. And something like that, I think would be a fun tradition to have with kids when you're doing a trip someplace and we'd play I spy on the way my kids would get bored at the drop of a hat but if we were doing a game like that they'd really get into it and we'd also do things like the alphabet game a my name is Alice my husband's name is Albert we live in Amsterdam and we sell apples and they'd have to go around and I think maybe about the fourth trip, we did something like that. My son gave me the stink eyes that we're doing the alphabet game again. (laughs) 
I, I do remember when they were little and all the stuff you had to bring in the car with yes. you so that you would entertain them. Oh. I will say it got to be a lot more fun when they got a little older and there wasn't such a, an event just to get them in the car right. and have all of the stuff. But I used to travel a lot by myself with the kids and we stayed almost a, a lot of times in um, KOAs. They would have um, really? cabins that were very cheap and we just would bring our sleeping bags and pillows. I didn't have tents. Again, I was going by myself. If my husband was with me, I might have. But at some point I just, you know, decided that was enough. And most of them were around $35 to $45 a night, which was perfect for us yeah. within our within our budget. And we would bring our sleeping bags. They'd have beds and yeah. heaters or air conditionings, but they would have like the public restroom, like a campground would. Yeah. You know? So you, you just walk down there and do that. And that worked out really great for us to do that. Um, I got pretty good at the whole packing situation and because I'm a little nervous about people seeing what's in the trunk of my car. So what we would do is we would come to the place, we would stay the night. And in the morning when we would leave, I would have all of their clothes in individual Ziploc bags. So then I would put the next day's worth of clothes in like just one of those grocery bags. So that when we got to the next spot, I just take that out and I don't have to open up my trunk and show everybody all the stuff that's in my trunk. Right. I don't want people to break in to try to steal right. the stuff in the trunk. And yeah. that, so there would always be just a bag that would have our toiletries and everybody a change of clothes. So me and each of the kids, and then that's it. And then the next morning we would unpack everything because we were right. leaving. I didn't care if anybody saw what was in my trunk. And then we'd go to the next spot. And I don't like to drive at night. So our kind of rule was always, you have to, we have to get up early. We're early birds in my family. So we're up at six or seven. We're out the door. We go do something in the morning. We go have lunch. We do something smaller in the afternoon, but I had to be wherever we were staying before dark because I don't, again, I was traveling by myself with the kids. Yeah. I didn't want to get yeah. stuck somewhere. That's smart. Um, and that's kind of how we did it. And so we would always do like two little events and lunch in between. And when we were traveling, we would either, we would sometimes eat out for lunch because lunch is cheaper. Right. And then we would have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner in the hotel room. And that was a way, again, that we tried to offset some cost. Or if you're at a KOA, you could always do the graham crackers, chocolate <laughs> bars, and marshmallows and juice some more. You know? We certainly could. We never did that. We never did. We went camping on like true camping trips all the time. But right. when we were staying at the KOAs, I don't know. We just never did. We just, we got there in the evening. We ate lunch. We got up. We took a shower and we were on our way to the next spot, you know? So, um, but we did, we did that a lot. I really enjoyed it. And the kids, I think, uh, they talk bad about it. They talk about how awful all those trips were. But when we talk about memories, they those are the memories they bring up, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and they'll talk about the places that we went or that. But if you ask them if you want to go on a road trip, they're like, no, no, I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> you know, but it's funny. They'll, yeah. they'll talk about it. But it's a great way of entertaining the kids and doing it economically you know i was going to say cheap but you know i know let's, let's be sophisticated and say economic yeah, it should be economic economically I, there um, also is um a great i think she, her name is mrs cheap i don't know if she's still publicizing her article but a few times a year it comes out and she lists used to when the kids were little that she used to list all the things that were going on and it was for the you know the nashville area and i loved it we yeah. would get that and it would and we would just check them 
check them off. Like we'd be going through it like all summer trying to find things to do that were on yeah. that list. You know, I, it was funny because I was looking at, at one of those lists and they were talking about like Mammoth Caves, which is like an hour from where we live. And my daughter was staying with me at the time. Um, she was commuting to MTSU. And I said, we need to do this one. She's like, that sounds so cool. Of course we didn't, but it would have been a great economical field trip on a weekend to do yeah. something like that. There's so yeah. many things to do where we live like that are weekend trips that really yeah. are not that far, not too bad. When we would go to Georgia, my sister lived out there. So we would stay with her so we could spend more on our activity because right. we didn't have to spend any money on a hotel. Like so go. that kind of offset it. And when I lived in California and I had friends, we used to do that a lot where we would go somewhere and one person would pick up the hotel that trip and we would all stay in the hotel room together. It'd be right. Chaotic. But then the next trip, I would pick up the hotel cost and then we yeah. would be able to do that. And that really helped. That made, that made it really nice to, to split when the kids were little. And you've got traveling companions that way, too, yes. you know, which is always cool. And the kids love that, even though they won't admit that. At the yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. Yeah. But. It was nice because it was her um, and her, she had two kids. She had a boy and a girl. They were a little bit younger than mine, but not by much. Um, and so, yeah, that was really that was really nice um, to do that. So we've given some folks something to chew on the next yeah. time they're planning something to do with their kids. Thank you, Sherry. All right. No problem. It was good to talk to you again. Good talking with you. Too. Thank you. Dr. Sherry Wells joining us. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Go Tell Mom, where we chew on stuff that you talk about with your mom, or maybe not. I'm Diana Kelly. If there's something you want brought up, something you want to add, comment below, and I'll be back next week.